Financial freedom, responsibility, discipline, accountability, stability, management, mentorship. These are concepts you will hear a lot about today, thanks to our guest. So my name is Christine Ogutu. So, of course, silver and gold belong to God, but, (laughs) you know, I want, I, I had a desire when I'm 25 years old, how much money did I want to have in sort of my portfolio? What is it that I'm worth in monetary terms? When I turn 30, when I turn 35, how much money is it that I want with my name on it? So that is what my goal is. We will also talk about a subject I found very informative, defining who we are, what we are, and whether or not we are living up to our definitions and or the standards we have set for ourselves. I think a lot of young women see opportunities come their way and either it frightens them or they actually miss to see it completely. My name is Evelyn Wambui. Welcome to the Human Interest Podcast. sitting down with Christine mainly over lunch and every session has been flooded with financial advice. This year one of my goals is to actively manage myself, my portfolio in terms of who I am, my worth, exploiting this potential we keep singing about and holding myself accountable to this set of expectations. And Christine has been sent by God to me this year because she has been in my ear with advice around this. Also, March is Women's History Month. And allow me to talk a little bit about this. So a lot of these international days we borrow from the West. And sometimes I meet people who don't necessarily care about recognizing such days. But I strongly believe that we can borrow elements of such days and custom make them, so to speak, to fit in our context. This Women's History Month, for example, started off with marking the International Women's Day, which is on the 8th of March. The first International Women's Day was marked back in 1980, and the essence of it was to appreciate unsung women and their contributions that more often than not go unrecognized. It's about going back in history and women's heritage, and from it, uh, drawing inspiration, lessons, courage, strength, and vision. So today, in a small way, we draw out a strand of this history and seek the wisdom of Christine, who, at 38, is keen to ensure she has financial freedom in her 40s. So Christine talks to us first about defining who we are and interrogating whether or not we are living up to those definitions, and then moves on to talk about financial management. Oh, wow. Enough of me. Here's Christine Ogutu. And yeah, you might need a notebook. Also, don't be put down by the big numbers Christine is mentioning. Just take her advice and work it into your own situation, okay? Welcome to Financial Management 101. Well, I'm a daughter of an accountant. So that perhaps is (laughs) largely building my foundation. But what happened to me in 2014 was that my my dad passed away. And suddenly I woke up to the realization that I was supposed to be in charge of my own finances. uh, Because in um, a month after 
we laid him to rest, our electricity bill was disconnected. I woke up and suddenly I didn't have someone to ask for bus fare to go to work. And I looked ahead and realized, well, there's that which my parents worked hard for, and that was theirs. But what about me? And what is it that I have put in place for myself that then will make my life comfortable? I'd like to see someone else not do the mistakes that I did. And I would also want to see someone else just... Uh, pick themselves up from wherever they are and then just move forward and also think when I listen to myself later on I'll be like ha so is that where you are and you know do I want to go any further is there something I want to do differently and exactly where am I on my life journey so this is exciting oh wow thank you I like the fact that you want to listen to you want to sort of put it like your vision audio board that you can listen to it and check what you've done yes Yes, yes. And so I structured my conversation around five, six topics or rather six bullets that I think would be important. So for one is defining who we are. Like, who am I? I'm a middle-aged professional or rather an accounting professional woman. In my view, I'm a practicing Christian, uh, God-fearing. I'm very family-oriented, even though I do not have a family of my own. And so for me, when I define this, then what does that say about me? So... By saying I'm a professional accountant, it means that by the time I say it, I have the academic qualifications of what that entails. So have I I finished my schooling in terms of being an accountant? Is my answer yes? Uh, Am I doing anything again to just continue building that in terms of relevance in the market? That would answer that question. Uh, When I say I'm a Christian, you know, am I... Am I aware what it means to be a Christian? Am I living by the word? Am I practicing? Do I yearn for it more and more? If my answer is yes, then I'm confident in defining who I am. So I think it's extremely important. When I say I'm a family person, do I have commitment for my family? Uh, Who am I in terms of being my mother's child? Does my mother sleep at night knowing the person she brought into this world is not self-destructive or bringing agony to the family? Am I standing with my family in times of need and want? Am I pushing forward the agenda that my parents had for us as their children? So when my answer is yes, well, then I kind of know who I am. So for me, it's number one, being Christian, number two, being family, and number three is being a professional. And so I think also in terms of family, I would stretch it also to my friends. I believe in friendship. And the kind of people I allow into my space are are most welcome. But I also know that people stay with you by choice. So they are there because there's something good that I'm giving to them and they're giving to me. And so I also ask myself, am I really a friend? If I say I'm a friend to someone, what does that mean? Do I stand with them? Do I inspire them? Do I hold them accountable? You know, am I really the right kind of person who should be in their spaces at that specific season? So that will define who we are. Number two, I also think it's important for us to set our limits and uh, maybe draw the lines. So, of course, here I'm thinking about peer pressure. I'm thinking about uh, getting a work-life balance. I'm thinking about, you know, holding myself accountable. What What is my limit? You know, can I work for 15 hours in a day? Can I only work for 12 hours in a day? Uh, what is the quality of what I bring out in those 12 hours or so? Uh, when I draw my lines, when I say I want to be home every single evening by like 10 p.m., 
or I want to be in bed at 10 p.m. What does that really involve? You know, can I can I really strike that balance? Where am I when I leave the office? Uh, what is it that I do with my spare time or what we used to call leisure time because I'm not sure it exists anymore. <laughs> you know, but what is that limit that I've drawn for myself? What is my no-go line? One of the things that I think would be a tragedy is if, as an accountant, I'm not even able to manage my finances. So I'm keen on managing my own and even, you know, just influencing the people around me to be able to be accountable for their own monies or the resources that actually are entrusted uh, in their custody. So in terms of financial management, and this, of course, I want to just emphasize a little bit, is um, for us as professional women, we should be able to define our goals break it down into achievable objectives. So within the first five years of this plan, so I have a 10-year plan, so within the first five years plan, what is it that I'm going to put in place to ensure that I get this? So of course my year one would then be about planning. It would be about developing my disciplines that I would need to adhere to. It would be, you know, bringing in... um, structures that will hold me accountable and also just help me to plow in to you know possible sources of investments that can help me then grow my financial uh, dreams so that would mean perhaps getting into investment actions like buying land uh, or property uh, I, I don't know we've talked about this separately about you know getting rental incomes in place uh, I count my employment opportunity currently as one of the vehicles for me just to get to where I want to. So perhaps when I turn 40, then I don't have to work. I can use the resources after I've already acquired to still work towards my ambition. The third thing in terms of financial management that I think would be crucial is our ability to measure our successes and also monitor our performances. So once you know what your objective is, and this must be something which is achievable, uh, how are you able to measure it? You know, if I have, if I acquire a house and I know the value of the house, I should be able to tell in the next five or so years what will be the monetary value of this house. If I purchase a piece of land and uh, my idea is to speculate, then I should be able to measure in the next five or so years you know, what's the worth of this? So then it speaks into my ambition. I should be able to monitor. So here again, when I'm monitoring my performance, it's against my objective, it's against my overall goal. But I'm also saying, as I walk towards my baby steps to get to the big step, can I actually see this is where I was and this is where I'm going? It helps to hold yourself accountable. You... you don't kill yourself at it. Don't kill yourself when you don't achieve what you want to. But you need to be able to tell yourself when you're doing bad and when you're doing good. So for this, then, uh, it brings in a very important factor of your support system. And one of the ones that has personally worked for me is having a mentor in place. Someone who is actually going to hold me accountable for what me planned for me mm. and not what they think they want for yeah, me so yeah. that I think that's really a crucial thing that uh, many of us uh, do not um, take seriously or you get yourself into a mentorship relationship and then you suddenly leave the life of someone else and not what you wanted to live in so your, your mentor should be able to to 
uh, help you focus on your goal. If it is not clearly defined, they should be able to refine it better for you. If it's not broken down into achievable objectives, they should be able to point you to the right direction. Even as we do all this, we shouldn't forget to have fun and live. Live like you're going to be there for the next 1,000 days or, I don't know, 10,000 years, but also live like you're going to die the next minute. What that also means is um, you need to have structures into place that then speak into your absence and also into your presence. Okay, so get your papers right, do your filings if you need to, uh, put your documents in a good place that you know you can easily retrieve if you need to uh so just just be careful but again be carefree in a strange way i know yes trying to get the balance but a lot of people and especially in our own cultural context people don't like to speak about their absence and especially when it comes to planning Mm -hmm. for your future you don't want to plan for a future which you're absent in how do we get that balance of knowing that it's actually the best thing to do? Well, if you answer the first question of defining who you are, uh, you will not have so much trouble uh, with this last part, you know, of knowing that you will not be there forever. Yeah, and uh, maybe one of the things that I hope I will be brought back into this forum so that I can speak again (laughs) is uh, knowing how to think about future generations in what you do today as opposed to just managing yourself for yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, especially if you have family, if you have children, if you have people you mentor or you or your guardian to, then you need to know that that vision you have for yourself can actually spread to the people around you. So if you're a parent, you just don't invest for yourself. Your financial management skills and the assets you acquire can actually get into another generation over and beyond you. Mm. Okay, so once you know this is in place, you do things today that benefit you, but also will benefit someone else. So you you kind of define your structures. So I have this theory, which was inspired by one of my neighbors, where at some point in your life, you don't have to work for the money that then meets your needs. Your money works for you, and you're able to just... Uh, grow so whatever you work for grows what you have already in place and uh, so this again goes into my so my personal financial uh, goal for me uh, so I mean this part of the objective I'm on right now is to grow my passive income so in this in this what what I'm trying to do is put investments in place that in the next 10 years will get me money that will not have to directly be involved in what I am doing then. So say, for example, if I'm employed, whatever monies I earn will not have to be part of this. It will, my, invest, my passive income will just be coming in. My investment income perhaps will be for something different. Mm. So that, God forbid, if I, if I cannot uh, work for whatever reason, maybe even if I get the choice just to be a stay-at-home mom or something like that, I'm guaranteed every month without much effort, I'll get income. So I did some calculations and I kind of think I know a certain amount of money I want to get every month without me going to labor for anyone or for myself. So what is it that I can do now (laughs) that can take me there? Eileen is laughing. (laughs) So let me give you an example. If I put my money in the circle today and I build a portfolio, say, one million, and I think that the circle will give me a 10% return every year, the 100,000 that I will get from the 1 million is my passive income. Okay? 
because I will not be there every month working towards this one million. I've already achieved it. So if I'm working towards my passive income, what I'm saying is I'm working towards building this one million so that I'll get there 100,000. If you want 5,000 every year that comes into your account without you working for it, it means you need to, with a return of 10%, you need to have something invested for 50,000 that will earn you that return. Mm. Okay, so what can you then do? I think your question is, where can you get this 50,000? Okay, how can you go about building the 50,000? So one way you can do it is um, if you calculate and you think you can get uh, cheaper, like a loan, for example, if you can get cheap financing or a soft loan, that's what some people call it, and you put it into something that will get you this return and then you pay back, you can approach that. So say, for example, you get a soft loan from someone at 5% and you think you will make 10% out of this. So you, you take the loan, you put in your investment, it, it earns you the 10%, you owe someone 5%, so you pay back the interest and you continue growing with your money. Because remember, in the passive income, you're putting in that money once, mm. you know, or just twice or three times, or what is it that you're building? So you can you can source your your capital for your passive income. Okay, so you can do you can if you get soft loans or cheap financing, explore that. In fact, that is an opportunity. Jump at it. Mm. Okay, you can you can save. Now this is a big word, but you can save. You can say deliberately every for every one thousand bob I get, I'm gonna take I don't know half or a quarter of it towards this. So say, and you have to set timelines. So say, for example, you say in six months, I want to have my 50,000. How will I get there? I have to save um, 10,000 every month or 5,000, uh, you know, for 10 months. Yeah. But you need, to, you, need to, you need to sacrifice and you need to get that money in place. Mm. I kind of know what my income sources are. Okay, so I have my employment income and I have my investment income. So I have already defined what, where, is, where, is, where does my money come from, okay? And even this money, I kind of have control of uh, how much I'm getting in because then it means I have put measures in place to make sure that whatever I'm targeting, I get. So, for example, okay, I don't have much control over my employment <laughs> income because <laughs> that's, that's probably long gone contracted. Uh, but I, so uh, besides how much I know I receive every month from my employer, there's that which I have also tried to put in place. So, for, for example, I've said I need to earn half a million extra every, every year, a calendar year that comes from the investments I have in place. Okay, so if it is uh, investing or rather saving my money in a circle and expecting uh, interest from deposits and dividends from the shares, I kind of know how much I get from those, which speaks into how much do I want to get within my 10-year big plan. Okay, so that means that perhaps every month from my employment income, there's money that I put into my circle with expectations that it's growing towards my ambition. Yeah, so that's one thing. So I've, I've been able to define what my income source is. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of expenditure, I, well, it's difficult to live within my means, but I've been able to say how much can I spend on what. One of the things that stands out for me is I cannot live in a house that I pay rent more than 5% of my net income. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
I mean, I look at my life. How many hours do I spend in the house? I don't know, 10 every night. And sometimes I'm not there over the weekend or I travel for work. So it means my house is, well, no, I don't want to call it a storage facility, but there's only so much that I can pay for rent. Okay, it's it's convenient and everything when I have to work from Nairobi, but I'm careful on how much I can spend on rent. I'm careful on how much I can spend on my groceries and I, I set aside deliberately money that I build my emergency kitty for, which of course at some point I convert into, into my investment kitty. But you know, it's easy to say it theoretically, but are there ways that you ensure you don't, because sometimes you can uh, maybe spend more on the entertainment kitty. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, this is my entertainment kitty, but you end yeah, up you overspending. Yeah. Like, is there a way you make sure that whatever you have allocated for each sector stays mm. like that? Like, okay, it's financial discipline, but how do you work out up to ensure that you keep to what you have ah, set? Okay, I get you. So what's very easy and can work for you is... Uh, to make sure that the money that hits your account is only what you want to see. So, for instance, if I want to save some money in my circle, that is money that is in transit. Like, I will never get a hold of it. Whether it checks into my account or it's deducted at source, it will. I will not have it. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, the same concept I have for my standing orders, which go out to pay for my investments. So... The money gets in and is out. And most often, what I remain with in my bank account is strictly money that, for me, is food and entertainment. Yeah. So there's a standing order that goes out to pay my rent. There's one that goes to the circle. There's one that goes to my investment account. So the money is just out. It, it leaves. I don't have it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I barely have it. And then I, I think also when you speak into having fun and checking, I mean, how you spend your time, it also kind of saves you a bit. Okay. So I'm not, uh, well, of course, there'll be a birthday and I will be there, but it's highly unlikely that I will go for a holiday that I did not plan for. I will not be available. The time will not be there. Yeah, so when I plan to have my, my annual holiday, which only happens once in a year, it's because my leave schedule does not allow it. There's, there's no time. I will not be there to, to go for it. Or there will be no money. Yeah, <laughs> simple. <Okay. laughs> you can get yourself into an investment group. Okay? So these are part of the people who will hold you accountable for your monies. And what they can do is uh, you see what you call in terms of investment, even that you have to break down. I mean, there has to be a good balance between your long-term and your short-term investments. But when you, when you want to invest, uh, because I, I don't know, by virtue of how much you have as disposable income or your capital that you can invest, you have limitations. But if you get yourself into a platform where you can invest with other people, I believe you can score some more. So one of the things I have personally done is uh, be part of a group that is doing some uh, massive investment. Okay, in my view, it is massive <laughs> because of how much money I part with. Uh, and so uh, I, I don't do it myself. No, I get into like-minded uh, grouping that then I only make my contribution as a professional and also as an investor. Did you actively seek these groups? Because now these days, you may have this vision, but you do not know who else has... You don't know where to look. Where did you look? 
well i think i'm very lucky mine i didn't i didn't look so hard because i i started it right back from campus yeah so i have a bunch of six very amazing spectacular friends who are all accountants as well so we got into this investment group quite some years back and what has happened with us over time is we become very seasoned we have ambitions that we try to realize in this group so that also defines our appetite for investments and you know the the kind of uh, people we attract so there's that which you do and when you start and it it's just looking good there are people who come and buy into your vision and then so suddenly then you have you have another level uh, of of income or goals that you're pursuing hair saving is difficult that's why i said you kind of need to know where is it that you want to go because it's a drive for you then to go when you just save and you don't know how much you are saving towards you will have a problem so say for example if personally i i intend to save maybe like 700000 at the end of every year i set a goal sometimes i'm able to achieve my goal within i don't know 6 months then i stop sometimes i'm not able to but in my plan i'll say for me to get this 700 g's how much do i save every month you know what not and what not but i kind of know where i want to go and so every time i go out for lunch with my friend and people are eating chips and chicken that costs x amount of money hey i'm like no 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 no, no. let me work backwards here you know i've i've known that i can only have one pair of shoes at on my feet at any one given point so even when the temptation comes my mind is so aware where is it that i wanted to go and how far am i away from where i wanted to go and can this little small thing that i'm avoiding today contribute towards my goal okay let me give you an example at one point all i wanted to save for was christmas expenditure okay because january would come and your flat broke like really flat broke you do not know how you'll do it or two one other thing that for me was really big and helped me to just uh, develop financial discipline is uh, so i i support my siblings quite a lot so this one particular one who i pay has coffees through and through so in a year i would know that uh, there's x amount of money that is required so every now it's every semester we are paying x amount of money so at some point it was every time she's paying now i needed to know where will money come every 3 months and how much money was it so then i'd break it down into monthly payments and say if she needs 120000 uh for one semester now those in 3 months a semester for them is like 3 months it means every single month i need 40000 so like in this uh, in this case i knew i would not afford 40000 every month so before she arrived there i had tried to figure out can i get half the money that will buy me time so i'm always ahead of it but i know every 3 months i will have 120000 for school fees yeah so i will i will work backwards so now these figures look quite big because i've also earned 25000 actually i have earned 15000 in a month and still I think it's the same concept. Okay? Cuz I knew back then I needed to save 500 bob every week. And it was can I take a matatu from town to Yaya and walk from Yaya to the office. Okay? It was it was checking on Saturday. Do I really need to meet Evelyn? Can we can we meet? Let's not meet at Java. Can we meet at uh, I don't know which, which random hotel in town, you know? Or can I ask her to come to my house? You know, can we have this tea in the house? Yeah. 
you know, this, the small things that we really think are too big is actually where me and you can save. Yeah. Okay? If I'm going to have dinner for 2000 and that dinner would actually just have been, I don't know, 300 bob if we just went to the kiosk or, you know, a simple place next door, yeah. then I can do it there. Yeah. And I've also learned that we have different pocket sizes. Just because Evelyn can go to Mombasa four times a year, I, I don't have to. No, no, no. Mm. And I'm comfortable with what I have. Yeah. And I think that's also the thing. Like, how do you get financially comfortable and not get swayed into other people's lifestyles? You know, like every week there's this, every week there's that, and you have to be there. And because now we want to create and forge and keep these friendships that require us to be present. But then again, being present, you're just not present physically. You have to be present financially, yes. So how do you balance? Well, cut your cloth according to the size. <laughs> so, well, one of the things, again, it's about your support system. I am comfortable with the people who are like me. Okay, my, my friends are pretty much at my level. I have friends who are way higher than me and friends who are way below me. But my everyday socialization mostly is with people who are within my means and within my step or stage in life, okay? So if I'm here struggling with my mortgage, my best friend and I are at PA, okay? So our struggles are real and they are common, they are mutual. I can call her and tell her, by the way, this, 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 this month we are not even driving to work because we don't have money. But I also know I have a friend who, at the same time, when I'm talking about my, my, my payments being limited, is thinking about, I don't know, going to South Africa for, I don't know, table, what, I don't know what it was called. Eh? Yeah, but I also know someone else who was also struggling to pay rent for this month. So you, you have to find a very good balance and you need to choose who you are with at what stage in life. So, of course, you don't throw away your friends. But if I'm going to spend a lot of my time with someone, who is it? And then how does this really speak into what I'm doing right now? Okay. So for me, it works. Yeah. If I think you are too far away, it's okay. You're my friend, but I won't spend 75% of my time with you. No, 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 it will not happen. Most often, I'll spend it with someone who I can relate with. Very, very easily. And at that point, I have to tell you about something. Maybe now this is biblical. Mm. But because in the course of the things you want to do, you will lose. Yeah? People will come and steal from you. The devourer will come. And you will get losses that you did not anticipate for. Of course, when you do your planning, you plan for contingencies. But things can come your way. I mean, death will come. You will lose here and there. I'm also a firm believer of restoration. And even at that space where you get much more than you ever thought you should have gotten, I am one person who has learned that at that spot, I mean, pride should not come in and uh, you shouldn't now become impulsive or lose it all because you suddenly got more, whether it was being restored because it had been stolen to begin with or it's just a sudden windfall. So you, you keep on the path. You keep on the path. I know I'm speaking in proverbs. No, like I'm wondering, like, <laughs> so inspirational. Uh, but you keep you keep on that path. You know, I, I tell people, when I started working, I 
my first income was like 15,000 Kenyan shillings. Of course, that was 10, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. And up to maybe four years ago, I was making half the income I now make. But I live in the same house I lived, or rather the same life I lived maybe six years ago. Yes, I still go to the same Mamamboga I used to buy my food from. I buy my shoes from the same store I bought my shoes from. I make my hair in the same salon I used to. So, of course, your income can increase, but, I mean, for me, I'm very clear on what is it that I wanted to do, you know, from the very beginning. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's sticking to to this path. Financial liberation, freedom. (laughs) You know, I want to sit like this and not think that I haven't paid, you know, basic things. I haven't paid for my electricity. And it's just 2,000 shillings and I can't afford it. Do you know how bad that is? Or I have no roof above my head because I, if I don't pay this month's rent, then I'm in trouble. No, those simple things is, is something that I, I, need, I, I, I need to know I'm covered without much struggle. lessons from the sit down with Christine was one to plan for both your presence and your absence and to also strive to be both careful and carefree let me know what were your big takeaways you can leave me a comment on the podcast or on my socials instagram at the human interest podcast my facebook and twitter pages both Evelyn Wamboy thanks Christine for these nuggets of wisdom So we'll be having a lot of these conversations this month, seeking empowerment, challenging ourselves and learning from those who have been in the path before us. And because the 8th of March is International Women's Day, we will have a bonus episode packed with more wisdom nuggets. So please subscribe so you're notified when I put up the new episode. And finally, I leave you with a challenge this month because I know we all in our own spheres are surrounded by women, whether as our sisters, our daughters, mothers, colleagues at work, fellow students in school, in whichever sphere. I challenge us to celebrate these women this month, their strengths, and let's tell them about the successful women who are before them. Let institutions, churches, and other centers of gather focus on observing leaders who struggled for our freedom and equality. Happy Women's History Month, everyone.